I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Think of all the luck you got. Know that it's not for naught. You were beaming once before, but it's not like that anymore. What is this downside that you speak of? What is this feeling you're so sure of? Shmi, it's showtime. <laughs> Excellent. We are today reviewing, unless you're listening to this at night, reviewing <laughs> Showtime's and more kind of like now Netflix's <laughs> Shameless, rated TVMAAAA, A for ass, because this show is just replete, rife, I tell you, with titties and wieners and butts. Whole lot of nudity in this show. Yeah, a lot Severe more than I realized. Nudity. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think you can see V's nipple. Oh no, those are both nipples, full on. Like they're not hiding anything. We pause. We just hit the pause button, and boom, nipples. Not for that though. No, we were we gonna just... discuss something else, and I was like, man, those are like actually her nipples. Wow. And okay. there, it was just she was very nippled in that scene. Very nipply. Yeah. Pronounced nipples. Yeah, when you have them all chained up like that, it really it brings them out. Unchain my nipples. <laughs> Uh, I don't know the next part. That's actually a song? <laughs> Unchain my heart. Yeah, Unchain my heart. Oh, That's okay. the Joe Cocker version. <laughs> That's the Riker doing his impression of Joe Cocker, doing his impression of somebody singing Unchain my heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thanks for that breakdown. <laughs> All right. Having just watched mm, Shameless. <laughs> <laughs> and then having spent like an hour to take a break going through the timeline of why Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker hate each other on Google, uh, we're now sitting down for a review. <laughs> so what does the pilot tell you about the genre of Shameless, which was a remake of a UK show. It was, yeah. And I've never seen the UK one, but I would say the genre of this is epic shit show. <laughs> it's a family drama focusing on an impoverished family who engages in all sorts of criminal activity to get by. Oh, they're criminiacal. Criminiacal. Yeah, they're just, they're just without any remorse. Yeah, no, it's very uh, commonplace for them. It's crazy what kind of, like, you almost miss it in their rhythm because they have it down to such a rhythm that if mm -hmm. you're not paying attention, you may, you miss some really criminal shit, some devious shit. Right, just the subtle ways they rip people off to get by. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, either, you know, I didn't, asterisk, this might be offensive, uh, mm -hmm. dark comedy about a white trash family in Chicago trying to make it through life the only way they know how. So I was hesitant to call them white trash, but I, I got to say, I think this is really kind of the... Well, Project Girls. Yeah, okay. That's what he's... Uh, line from the TV show. Yeah, the guy's like, Project Girls don't abort. And that's kind of like, it's very on genre, unfortunately. Like, it's really yeah. trying to show like what it's like in the project. Right. And I think to say 
white trash, mm-hmm. which uh, I feel could be controversial. Yeah. I'm not sure of that. We're not making a judgment about Yeah, people. exactly. I think that that's basically, let's look at what that is, like what the definition of that is, and examine it. And, and, and why are they this way? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what has made a family be such low lives? As, shameless. Yeah. Such so shamelessly, the shameless, criminiacal low-lifery of the Gallaghers. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty clearly uh, established. I feel that our uh, our interpretations of the genre were about the same. I would say that they uh, very effectively established what the genre was yeah, in a show that really doesn't have anything else like it. Mm-mm, not really, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a single thing that's quite like it. And you had commented that, um, like, for us, like, Roseanne was kind of a... I was a, right about to say that. Uh, please do. Yeah. I no. couldn't put it better than you Oh, did. good. No, I, I'm thinking that... that the Gallaghers look at the Connors like rich people. Yeah. You know, it, Dan's got a job. Roseanne's got a job. Mm-hmm. The kids are taken care of and don't need uh, their own hustles. Yeah, the parents aren't completely irresponsible. Like, mm-hmm. they're there for the kids. They at least realize that they need to provide for these right. kids. Whereas Frank Gallagher, everyone's out for their own. <laughs> lower middle class, lower class um is the distinction we were i i would say growing up i feel we were more roseanne <laughs> yeah and i'm relieved we weren't the gallaghers um uh, but you look at fiona uh who i would say is the star of the show i would agree yeah and uh she's a very sympathetic character you have her brother says something to her she makes some comment that well uh it's nice to know i'm wanted or it, it it's uh like i don't mind doing that it's nice that i'm wanted yeah and he says, if all you want is to be needed, that was it. If all you want is to be needed, uh, then congratulations. You got yourself a job for life with this joker. And then yeah. points at, uh, what's his first name? Ian. No, Gallagher. Frank. Frank Gallagher. William They're H. Both Macy. Yes. Right, well, I was, <laughs> was going to say William Gallagher because I was thinking William H. Macy, the actor. Yeah. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, Frank Gallagher is who he's talking about, who's drunk and passed out on the floor, like usual. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, they had a very routine way of shaking him down for money, moving him out of the way when necessary. Like, he was basically furniture at times, and they all knew how to move the furniture. Getting through life around the inconvenience and obstacle, Mm -hmm. even, that is their father. Yeah, very literally. That's a good point. mm -hmm. The guy who really keeps him down. So we open uh, with all the characters. Very first scene, Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. I'm counting. Boom, <laughs> oh, boom, okay. and boom. Oh, and boom. I lumped uh, the two booms, the boom booms together. That's Kevin and Kevin. Veronica. I was just going to say, aptly <laughs> named, too. <laughs> so uh, it starts with a narration from Frank. Is there a narration throughout the rest of the show? No. I, didn't I think, think so. almost never. It was actually a little weird to have him narrating. Always is, isn't it? Sabrina, yeah. I felt the same way. It's like, we didn't so stick brief. with this. It's so strange to go back and look at it. Although it is helpful in pilots for, mm-hmm. like... You don't realize that they don't come back to it yeah. once you turn on episode two. So it's mm-hmm. helpful the first time you see it. And then after you're a fan of the show and go back, it's like, man, that was unusual. Yeah, absolutely. So Frank uh, presents all of his kids uh, and their neighbors, all the people that are immediately in their lives. And we have some other characters that come up throughout the show. Uh, Fiona, who reminds him so much. And he goes through, they're kind of, it's kind of an ironic um explanation of who everybody is yeah absolutely yeah fiona reminds him of of like all the best things about his ex-wife 
except that he's she's uh, not a raging psycho bitch, he <laughs> says, um, which is funny. But uh, I think as as you realize what he's really talking about, she mothers everybody. She's she's the mom of the house. In fact, it's really a sad thing because mm-hmm. she's oh, very much his so. oldest kid, and she's just sort of gotten through life being her dad's partner uh, in terms of, you know... Parenting. Yeah, exactly. His co-parent, really, to get to make sure all of her siblings are taken care of. And it's really uh, shameful that yeah. he would be so shameless. He's of, very cavalier about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And just does not seem to understand that that's not the normal role of your oldest child. Right. That he takes advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. what's he need to worry about? Fiona will get it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Reminds him so much of his ex-wife. Uh, we get Lip. I'm gonna. Can I go through these just real Do, quick? Yeah. Okay. So Lip is the oldest son. Lip is short for Philip. Uh, Frank says that kid, man, he's really going somewhere. And then we cut to him running away from the cops. Uh, <laughs> Ian, he's uh, he's on his way to be a paratrooper. Uh, cut to and he knows how to disembowel a guy with a roll of nickels. And he's going on about what a badass Ian is. Uh, Ian, the paratrooper. Cut to him. Fumbling his gun. Yeah, in training, fumbling his gun. He is not a natural at this at all. (laughs) Uh, He is not a tough guy. We actually find out as it goes on that uh, Ian feels that his dad really doesn't like him. Uh, And Fiona says, well, you look the most like mom, and it probably scares him and kind of threatens him. Uh, So he actually doesn't like Ian very well. Uh, Carl, (laughs) this is very funny. He says, Carl, uh, I don't really know much about Carl. He goes, oh, yeah, Carl's a, uh, man, that kid is an animal lover. Cut to Carl. He said he's always uh, taking critters home and bringing them upstairs to his room. Cut to Carl with a cat in one hand and a blowtorch in the other. That was awful. So so he's an uh, animal abuser. Debbie. Uh, Debbie, she's always raising money for UNICEF. She's an angel. Yeah, she's an angel. She even gives some of the money actually to UNICEF. Like, who would do that? So she's just robbing people and ripping them off and her side hustle, her contribution. Mm-hmm. Liam, uh, who is the baby, and the baby is black. Uh, so you, we'd think, well, that doesn't look like Frank. And he oh, yeah. says, he says, he and he look he's gonna be a movie star. And he looks a lot like my old sponsor. My ex-wife and him were pretty close. So presumably this is not Frank's kid. Uh, yeah. Frank, I don't know if he has any idea of that at this point or if he cares. Um, seems pretty comfortable with this. Uh, Kevin and Veronica, the neighbors, uh, I just wrote sex maniacs. Cause Abs- we cut, yeah, what does he say? He says there's nothing they wouldn't do for each other. Or, or to, to each, each other. other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we cut to the S&M scene of the two of them together. Yeah. With Kevin, who I know... No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kevin, who I know from Reba, which I love that show. He was Van. He was always the dumb guy. And I saw him in this years after that and thought, man, I like that. I just appreciate it. He's so funny and he's so good. Yeah. This is a very against type with how I knew him from Reba. He, I don't know. Just felt like he's really coming into his own as an actor with just such a weird role. Do you see his wiener in it? This oh, one. Oh, yeah. Very casual wiener. <laughs> very casual wiener. That's the most casual wiener I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I remarked to you that it's, I mean, like, most guys that I know are really weird about being around kids because they, like, they don't want to get the wrong impression. Like, 
Oh, it's cute. Yeah, you don't want to send me pictures of your kids in the bathtub, even though whatever they did was like adorable, you know, a video of it. I'm going to delete that shit from my phone because I do not want anyone to think that I'm, you know, being inappropriate with children. And Ian just comes in and he's just like, hey, give me a cigarette, you know, like. <laughs> right. Ian sent over not, there to yeah. get some things uh, and he's grabbing the cigarette, sees uh, Kevin roll over and watches his wiener casually, his casual wiener casual flop wiener. over <laughs> and uh, and kind of looks. And we don't know or maybe we do at this point that, yeah, we know at this yes. point that Liam is struggling with his Ian. sexuality. I'm sorry. Ian is maybe struggling with his sexuality. Oh, yeah. Here's a naked man's wiener, casual wiener, casually flopping about. Uh, so casual. As he tries to kind of get in there discreetly to get the cigarettes. And uh, Kevin says, actually even wrote it down, where are you going? Um, or where are you going with that? How did it go? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was how, uh, where are you going with those? Yeah, where are you going with those? Uh, says Kevin naked with his casual wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Reading straight from the note card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, re regarding Ian taking the smokes. Oh, I didn't have more on that. I just thought that line was funny. <laughs> yeah. He goes, well, bring me one before you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. But it, yeah, he just does not cover up in all of that. Like he actually has him put the cigarette in his mouth. I'm like, this is just very oddly intimate for this kid who is obviously underage. Very like, inappropriate. Everyone in this cast is so young. Like I've been watching it through the seasons and I had forgotten just how young they all are in the beginning. Like oh, they really are kids. They really are kids. I was like, Lip ends up being kind of an attractive dude, but I just don't remember feeling that way when I first watched it. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, it's because they're all kids. Like, of course, they're not attractive. They're kids. He's got that <laughs> smart, sarcastic, wise ass way about him yeah. sort of under the underrated guy like uh what's his name from uh crazy ex-girlfriend santino Santi fontana something like that <laughs> fontana santino yeah, fontana him. they kind of reminded me of each other yeah this wise asses who could really drop a, a line deliver yeah. a line that's a good point yeah you seem to be into that kind of thing me? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. Sarcasm's my type, for sure. <laughs> like, I'm a big fan. Ah, <laughs> uh, insincerity. <laughs> I mean, it's not the insincerity. It's just, I don't know. It's the wit. It's the wit. That's yeah. what it is. Absolutely. Uh, so we list all those people. Then we get back around to Frank, and he says, uh, you know, we might not have a lot, but there's one thing that's true about my family. We know how to fucking party. <laughs> yep. As the party gets disrupted. By the cops. I want to know what they were doing that warranted like multiple police cars and uh, like a fire truck. I was just like, wow, what are they doing? Like, I get that you want to break up a big party, but that was dramatic. Yeah. They probably knew the Gallagher's were out. <laughs> multiple. <laughs> <laughs> All of them in one? Yeah, that's funny. Do we need to worry about the sound? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Uh, and that concludes our opening scene. Yeah. So we got all of the family... I would say the, the core characters, and there's some other probably main characters that I think we should get into as we review what happened this episode. Sure. Cool. Um, so uh, where do we want to take it? What's the key points that we want to address? I guess right after opening credits, they really give a peek into the family dynamic. So oh. just the fact that like Fiona's making breakfast for everyone and they're out of milk. So she's like filling the milk the milk jug with water. So it's, you know, it's milk colored. Making milk. Yeah, it was really, it was very cringy. Um, 0.5%. And they're all, yeah. <laughs> and they're all, you know, trying to get 
change, you know, wadded up cash out of their pockets. They're trying to come up with rent and bills for the month. Collection tray for the power bill. Mm -hmm. So as they're passing it around, they say electric, electric, electric. They're announcing what it is as it makes around around the table. And we're talking kids, you Mm -hmm. know, the youngest one in this group, maybe nine years old, Debbie. Yeah. Um, Liam was at the table and they said, man, when you turn seven or eight, like you need to get a real job. I think they were talking to Carl. Carl? Oh, maybe they were. You were yeah, totally they right. were saying, Carl, you need to have a better hustle than just robbing the collection tray at church. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about I really right. see him as churchgoers. I know. I was like, hmm, I wonder how that happens. And but, he kind of shrugs like, yeah, they're on to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. <laughs> what's Debbie say? You need to start pulling your weight. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, d- horrible. I, that was the first thing I wrote down was family passing around the Quotey Fingers collection tray yeah. for the electric bill, which was on the calendar, and they are still $18 short. Do you remember what her solution to that was? Um, well, so Lip had said, well, I've got tutoring later today, oh. um, you know, so I should get paid for that. And, you know, we later get more of Lip at this tutoring session where, you know, the galley's tutoring wants to give him a Hummer, as they call it multiple times throughout this episode. Um, and he's like, I'm still getting paid for this. And she looks a little offended, but it's like, I, I don't do this for fun. Like, this is, I'm, I'm making money. I tutor for money. Yeah. And she said, science just turns me on. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so, which brings us to kind of our other set of characters. Yeah. Joan Cusack's character. Oh, I love her. Karen's mom, Sheila, Sheila Jackson, uh, who answers the door. She has Melissa, Melissophobia. Yeah. I totally thought that was a made-up thing. It, I didn't I look it up. Said, it still could be. I did. I looked it up. Did I, you? I, I, thought, I thought she said melissimophobia. Melissimophobia. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I looked it up, and I think it said melissophobia. Yeah. And there was a different term for it also, which was fear of dirt getting into the house. Yeah. So she says, okay, just take your shoes off. I'll get you a bag for your shoes to put in. Yeah, it was really weird. It's so Joan Cusack, though. She's so weird. She's so She is the weirdest person. I love her. Every time I see her, it's just scene stealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that she says it through, like, she doesn't unchain the door. Like, he's going to, like, just bust in if she doesn't keep the door chain, like, latched, kind of, mm. the security chain. And right. she, like, says it through it. Okay, I'm going to pass you bags for your shoot. Like, I don't right. know. It was just very. <laughs> and he goes in. They're doing the tutoring session. Uh, that's where the under table blowjob encounter happens for the yeah. first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's hit these. While we're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this storyline continues through. Uh, we meet Mr. Jackson at the next time we see a tutoring, a study group, as yeah. Sheila calls it, uh, in which Lip brings Ian yep. because he found his nudie magazines that he disguised to make it look like they were women on the cover of his nudie collect his porno collection. Yeah. Uh, and then opens it up to find a bunch of gay porn inside, mm-hmm. and then is concerned that his brother might be gay. So brings him to a study session um, to, you know, science the out of Karen, uh, get her going so that she could, so that she can, shall we say, play pool with rope. <laughs> Gross. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really get him going, uh, as they talk about this later. And then Mr. Jackson comes in. Uh, An apple is knocked over. He reaches down to pick up the apple and says, oh, is Karen hiding under the table? What's she doing down there? Lifts it up, realizes what's going on, has a meltdown, uh, 
freaks out, tries to kill Ian and Lip. They run out of the house uh, later. And he's a pretty, I don't know exactly, you know, where the love went dry in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Sheila seems like a pretty difficult person to live with. Admittedly, he's not too friendly of a guy. Karen says at some point, oh, he's been looking for an excuse to leave for months. But he moves out, leaving uh, Sheila and Karen to live there alone. And uh, seeming to be a part of the show, they're going to continue to be a greater part of the show. Yeah. And that's basically where we leave that story thread. I think so, yeah. And you had a nice call out for where we recognize that actor, Mr. Oh, Darman Greg. Yeah. It was Greg's best buddy. That's <laughs> the first it. place I know him from. I the, the oldest thing I know him from is... Scrooged with Bill Murray, mm-hmm. uh, and probably more recently from Mad Men. So he, he's made oh, the rounds. that's right. I forget he was in Mad Men too. See, you remember the things. I'm just like, he's familiar. Well, I've always loved that guy since Darman Greg because he was yeah. such a funny, just kind of stammering best buddy type. He's an idiot. Yeah, he's an oaf. <laughs> yeah. There's a particular scene. I'm going to screw it up, and it wasn't that great, but he has some... Um, Girl move in with him and Darman Greg. Mm-hmm. She's a French girl. Oh, you know the one? I've seen all of it, yeah. Okay, where he thinks somebody's telling him she's a hooker. Yeah. And he goes, she's not a hooker. See, would a hooker wouldn't clean the house in America. <laughs> and he's all torn this episode trying to figure out what's going on. And I can't remember if in the end the girl just genuinely liked him and he screws it up. I'm positive he screws it up. Oh, yeah. Or if, in fact, she was a prostitute. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah. I don't remember, but I love that guy in that show, and I've loved yeah. him ever since. Yeah, he's pretty good. So, you know, plenty of things happen in this episode, but I, I think the A story, the driver here, is Steve. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You're Since you're more familiar with the show than I am, and I've mm-hmm. seen a portion of the first season several times, I think I struggle getting through it because even as funny as it is the real stuff is just a little bit too real it's a lot yeah. absolutely it's a little it's too chaotic mm-hmm. it's so chaotic it's hard to like want to turn the tv back on for me mm-hmm. and step back into their lives and realize that you know comedy aside um for the real element certain people's lives do look like this oh yeah absolutely so that's tough uh, that's tough for me to binge it but it's such a good show it's it is so funny yeah, I think the reason I just kept binging and, like, I just wanted the next episode is, like, you just want to see them pull themselves out of this. That it's yeah. such a hard life and that their father is so absent. And, he, I mean, you had said it yourself. He's the obstacle to them such getting better. So they keep getting so close. And then Frank just kind of knocks them back into this, you know, ghetto lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said... Steve, yeah. why don't you, since you're more familiar with it and where we're going here, can you tell us about him, how we get him, and what we're doing with him in this episode? Sure, yeah. Well, we meet Steve at the club. Um, somebody, well, Fiona's dancing at the club, which we both observed was appropriately too loud. Like, they did not portray this club scene as something where you could talk there. So we both really appreciated that. Like, this is why I don't go to clubs. <laughs> it felt real. In TV shows, it's always people at a club having conversations saying, mm, yes, let's uh, let's have a coy little cat and mouse flirtation thing going on. Mm-mm. When in real life, it's always over the... <laughs> hey! <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm Steve! What? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so someone steals Fiona's purse, 
and Steve is on it. Steve books it, chases this guy down, gets a head injury in the course of all this thing. The guy still gets away. Leaps but, for it. <laughs> yeah, leaps for it. Exactly. Um, and they're out outside of the club. You know, they've made it out. And they apparently didn't get stamps. So the bouncer's giving them a hard time and not letting them back in. And I swear Steve just, like, wanted to make sure that she knew that, like, he's in this. So he, like, punches the bouncer who is, like, it's a small town. Like, you know, so they know this bouncer by first name. And they're, like, oh, yeah, this guy, he, he'll have his, like, fourth felony over you. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely something he'd do. Fourth or fifth. I don't know which one. Jimmy Clifton. <laughs> Jimmy Clifton. Oh, my God. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Scare <laughs> the shit out of Steve that, no, you're dead, boy. You're a dead man walking. Absolutely. You're going to die. Yeah, so, like, you know, he immediately is one to want to defend the women's honor. Like, he kind of has this, like, moral side to him that you haven't seen with the rest of them, um, at least at first. He's got choices. This yeah. is a guy who's had choices in life, unlike the Gallagher's. So there's a line from Veronica, who's at the club with Fiona. That's the two who are, that's who she's hanging out with. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah. Uh, after he leaps, uh, knocks the... Cocktail waitress knocks mm-hmm. the uh, tray out of her hands, misses the guy, but Veronica still says to him after they run outside trying to get the thief who gets away, she says, did you see him? <laughs> She's saying, damn, did you see what he did there? She was stupid, but man, heroic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's how he gets engaged with these guys. So they take him back to the house, which is where they're mocking him about Jimmy Clifton, but everybody's kind of making room for him. It's a pretty social family. I think that it seems like they're pretty used to be able to just sort of dropping in like a ton of bricks onto their living room floor. Absolutely. And V is fixing him up, which, you know, th- this is when they kind of get into the whole, oh, yeah, V used to be a nurse. Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> like she used to work, you know, doing janitorial stuff, basically, uh, you know, f- for a medical facility. Um, you know, she wanted to go into nursing school, but got in trouble for selling medical supplies. Like <laughs> she's very tangentially been around nurses, but like never <laughs> almost a nurse. Like <laughs> that says, we're not going to go to the hospital for this. We're just going to get ripped off. And however, she says that. Uh, so that evening, Fiona and Steve start getting it on. Oh, yeah. A uh, lot of butts. I wrote messiest sex I've ever seen. Like, it was so gross. Yeah. The whole kitchen, like, they're... Oh, yeah. Filthy. When there's finally penetration, they're doing it on a full sink of dishes. And I'm just like, la, la, la. <laughs> All of it's so icky. Yeah. Filthy. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. It's hard to watch. Like, you, you're rooting for him because... He's obviously like the best he thing to come He seemed like a life. good pairing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. He really like, likes really her. Wants to look out for her. Buys her a, <laughs> a wash machine. Merely because he notices it's obviously not sufficient for a full family. Well, because he's courting a girl. Yeah, so, oh yeah. So after this ends, and it ends with the cop, Fiona's ex-boyfriend, who's now a cop. Yeah. Is that who that is? I don't know if he's an ex. I definitely know there's a romantic entanglement of some sort. For or some reason, I think he's into her. He's hung up on her, if yeah. nothing else. I believe yeah. that's the case. So that, he shows up and brings a swift end to the night. And then does Frank come stumbling in? Yes. Uh, they, th- they bring him in. They're carrying him. Oh, that's him why the cops there. And lay him on the floor. <laughs> and they say, don't put him on carpet for a bit until he dries off. <laughs> Basically, he's pissed himself, likely. Yeah. There's something we started to reference earlier that I don't think we really got into it, which was 
that line that projects girls don't abort. Yes. And how that, when that line was said and the specifics of that scene. So we see Fiona go to work. And what I saw was that she worked at concessions at an arena. Yeah. And two guys order something from her. Perfectly polite interaction uh, as the transaction happens. And as they walk away, they're saying, would you tap that or whatever? How about that ass? Whatever. Uh, Some misogynistic shit. Yeah. (laughs) Some (laughs) some guy stuff that buddies might say to each other. What do you think that girl? Uh, But then one of them says, hmm. Projects girls don't abort, Ugh. which was, yeah, it was pretty trashy. Um, and she hears it. She looks not pleased to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I, I grim, I like, I got all tense in my chair. Like that was really cringy. Yeah, it was really gross. And, uh, but that's her mindset. I feel like in this episode is that she, you know, that the world looks at her like she's trash, that she's mm-hmm. trash. You know, here she is at work uh, and, you know, just doing the appropriate things, working hard to make a living, right? And has no respect from broader society. So when Steve's coming along and he's genuinely interested and he doesn't treat her like trash, his efforts to court her uh, are not met with... They're not welcome at first. She, She seems to me, tell me if you agree... Yeah. Uh, she doesn't feel like she gets to have the opportunity to want to desire better things for herself and to actually get better things for herself because she'll have to abandon her family who needs her to make to sacrifice her whole life to take care of everybody. Um, I definitely agree that that's something that she feels. I was also noticing that, um, especially in that scene that you mentioned with Ian, where she said that she needed to feel wanted, um, it seems like her self-worth just isn't there. So she kind of doesn't believe that this guy who doesn't rely on her for anything, doesn't need something from her, that he would be interested in her, like genuinely interested in her, especially being that, you know, she is seen as a project girl. Yeah. Can we talk about that scene with her and... Ian. Yeah. Uh, how good she is. How good the actress is. Emma Rossum. Em, yeah. Em, Emma, Emmy. She's so good in that scene when he says that, like, this joker over here, like, mm-hmm. at least you got a permanent job with him of all you need is somebody to need you. Yeah. And walks away and her response to that and the crying mm-hmm. that she does that, it was, and the straighten herself up. She doesn't get to cry about this. What a well acted moment that was. Like just what a testament that was for her as an actress. I thought Absolutely. that was such a, it felt like such a real, genuine, authentic moment. Yeah. It wasn't overdone. It was just, in fact, it was just right. It was so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And it really illustrated that hers has been a thankless job. I mean, just as any parent, I suppose. Yeah. All of that. Like even just not being able to cry in front of other people to show that it's a hardship. Like totally. saving face for, for the kids. Absolutely. So, yeah, really powerful stuff in there. Definitely. And I think, you know, it, this is her show. This is her storyline. It's narrated by Frank. Frank is, you know, the leading man of the show. Yeah, 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 sure. Frank is William H. Macy. Great job. He's so he's so funny at this. But he's a he's an antagonizer. You know, he creates events that people have to work around. Absolutely. But this is very much her show told from her perspective. Uh, and she's the one who, yeah, you know, how she's affected by this. 
is what the show's about to me. Um, anyway, so getting into the weeds a little bit. But uh, to take it back to Steve and our A story mm-hmm. in this uh, episode, he's courting her. He gives her the free dishwasher, no, washing machine. Washing machine, yeah. Um, I always do that. Does everybody Me always too. do that? Yes, God, every damn. time. I, yeah. I have to make a conscious effort not to say dish. Right. You got to stop and think. Wait, I, I, what? Why isn't it a clothes washer? Mm. Clean the cleaning machine, or why clean. is one just a washer and the other one's a specifically a dishwasher? Like yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Which came first, the dishwasher or the washer washer? Um, I'm at it in a washer washer. Like how many people just have like a babbling brook nearby to clean their clothes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it was done. I don't know. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Um, so Steve, we find out in the, I thought the scene at dinner was, was good. I thought that was a interesting thing where he's, he's kind of sizing her up. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you, you won't date me. Why? Cause I'm not a thug enough. Like mm-hmm. I'm, she's saying, oh, you people always think you get what you want. He's like, what do you mean? You people just basically people with more money than her, which yeah. is everybody. Um, of course, he drives a BMW, but they have this idea of who he is, and he's really making a heartfelt attempt at getting close to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dinner was preceded by a phone call he made to her yes. in which he recited all the things she was wearing, the whole, whole experience that he had. That's not romance. <laughs> yeah. When he first saw her, uh, he mentions, she said, oh, I was there for Jenna for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And she says, whatever, you weren't looking at me. You were looking at Jenna. She's the hot one. Uh, and he says... Jenna dances for an audience. You dance like there's no one else in the room. Says, this town is full of Jennas, and I'm tired of them. In other words, he wants her. Yeah. Go to this dinner. It's antagonistic at first, and he lays out there, drops some truth bombs, like some nuclear truth bombs, that, yeah, you want guys to treat you like shit for this reason and that reason. They got to be rough around the edges. They got to be, you know, from the hood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we find out he's actually a straight-up criminal also. Great. <laughs> and suddenly she's interested in him. <laughs> it was good. Absolutely. Uh, can you tell us about the scene in which we discover he's a criminal? Yeah, so he very weirdly asks her to wait out front for him while he pays a check, which, yeah, it was very just chauvinistically. like... chauvinistically. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it was weird. And then there's like this weird exchange with the valet driver... Um, like there's a switching of, you know, keys and uniforms and all of a sudden he's driving out and I'm not a car person, so I have no idea what kind of car it is, but it wasn't his Beamer. Nope. (laughs) It was more expensive than a Beamer. Way more expensive. And so it was like, Hey, by the way, you know, I sell cars for a living. They're not my cars. Buy and sell cars. He says, you know, I told you I buy and sell cars. I don't really buy them. I just kind of sell them because they're not mine. Yeah. Because they're not mine. Absolutely. So... Yeah, and so she gets kind of like this, her face lights up a little bit, and she gets into the vehicle like, all right, this is this is the danger I'm used to. This is more my speed. Absolutely. Criminals. Yeah. So that's kind of, it did kind of open up this, I don't know, can of worms on Steve, like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I thought we were talking clean cut, you know, comes into the, you know, he he makes it sound like his parents made him well off, and that very well could be, but... How well off do your parents make you if you steal cars and sell them for a living? Well, he's got this mousy... She's used to a guy like Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got this mousy pretty boy thing going on. How is it mousy? Because he's little. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's a very attractive dude. Why is he mousy? <laughs> he's just little. Okay. Well, um, a lot of hate to the little people, but whatever. <laughs> no, he's just kind of a mousy guy. He's just a little... You know, 
Kissing a nibble on my cheeks, kind of guy. You like you said, you find him very attractive. That's nice. He's just still he's not as big guy like Kevin is. Yeah, okay. Kevin's yeah. He's not big and rugged. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, fair. He's a I little more that. delicate. More delicate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dainty. Wow. Step too far. Step okay. too far. Yeah. I was looking for a word that it was gonna please everybody. <laughs> that's not the one. <laughs> that was not somebody said that to me once. Somebody shorter than me. <laughs> Said, yeah, you are a bit dainty. And I looked at him like, I looked down at him. I was like, fuck you. That really got in my head too for weeks after that. He was a real asshole. Everybody knew it. He just always caused drama where at the location I knew him at. I don't know how I let him get to me so bad. That's hilarious. Now I know your trigger word. <laughs> He's just a little dainty. Yeah, making me feel small. And it's like, I am average height, but 50% of the world is taller than me. I'm tall for a Direct woman. Direct median. I was pretty delighted by you that. Are? So you I got found that. Out you're tall for a woman. Apparently, for and I'm a... taller than you. See. Oh, good. You're also tall for a woman. <laughs> <sighs> At least. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right. So after this whole, we discover Steve's a badass secretly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's before or after, but Frank goes into the alibi. I'm glad you brought that up. That's what was on my mind. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So I feel like in. Correct me was, if I'm wrong. It's kind of, the alibi becomes like a, oh, you've only seen five episodes. It becomes like the place. The place. There's always the eating or drinking place. Yes. So you got to have the cantina locale, whatever that mm-hmm. is in a show, especially if it's a neighborhood kind of show. Oh, yeah. But absolutely. he goes into the alibi because it's disability day. <laughs> yeah. So he's got his disability check came in, with, which is some hustle he's got going yeah. on. And Kevin's saying, I thought the disability department, they're not onto you yet. Yeah. And then he pays his bar tab, right? Uh-huh. And has like four, 20 bucks left over. Mm-hmm. Buys a round for everybody. Seriously, Frank? You're going to do that? Which would have been with the uh, bar's tab anyway mm-hmm. that he's not going to pay for for a month. Yeah. He goes, fuck no, I'm not going to do that. After yeah. he gets everybody excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm sorry, you brought it up. and, and No, uh, that's, that's all. I, I mean, that was perfect. That's right. exactly it. And we, then... Sorry, we need to note that uh, that what I look at the A story here, which is mm-hmm. um, Steve and Fiona. Steve and Fiona. The B story I look at as Lip and Karen, and I would and lump Ian. into that Ian. Yeah. Yeah, because Karen is blowing Ian to de-gay him. Basically, I was surprised. I for some reason I remember Lip taking Ian being gay um, a lot more delicately. I mean, this makes sense. This is kind of like the macho guy, like, hey, like, just have her blow the gay out of you, man. Like, obviously. Well, he asked or her later, the though, <laughs> did he pitch a tent? Yeah. And uh, she didn't understand what that means. And he says, did he get, like, however he put it, did he get a boner? Yeah. And did she he said, get hard? Which is when she says, oh, right, did you get him hard? And yeah. And she says, well, have you ever tried playing pool with a rope? Which is where that line came from. I wasn't I wasn't a fan of the imagery, but I get it. I know. I, it <laughs> I was, was really like, mm. hard to hard to watch in my it's head. It's not palatable in the head. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time. I'm surprised she didn't bring that up, honestly, if that were the case. Uh, he seemed to be enjoying it, but maybe he was putting on a show. Um, I think that it was, you know, when you're touched in certain areas, regardless of whether or not you like it, it's a sensitive area. Um, I imagine not having a penis myself. Like, yeah, full what do disclosure. you know? Um, I mean, like, you know, yeah, nothing. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> since that. you mentioned it, I guess I can't be too sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make it seem like maybe I know more about that than I do, but. 
But I seems imagine. like you could enjoy it and have it not work very I mean, well. He looked uncomfortable though. That's like, cool. like, wouldn't you be? Yeah, so uncomfortable. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not voyeuristic, and I don't want people watching. I certainly am not, not enjoying this expense of yeah, getting caught. Oh my god. By mom and dad. Yeah, I guess I'm too much of a good girl for that. Like, yeah. that's just not at all my thing. You goody two shoes, you. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I I didn't necessarily look at that as him trying to get her to blow the gay out of Ian. No. Not not to de-gay him necessarily, okay. but to a demonstrate to Ian. Ideally, this would have demonstrated to Ian that you don't need to be gay. Wasn't this nice? And B to determine if it worked or not. Which is why his question was, did he get hard? So I don't know if it was a test. Oh, okay. Because it struck me more that it was it was a test, and in an ideal world, maybe it would have degayed him. But but the objective was not necessarily to degay him. And it could have been, because he didn't he, he struggled with it at first. Like, he wanted to effectively um, talk out him out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, he wanted to talk him out, like, argue it against... Like, well, you don't want to be gay. Like, here's some reasons why not. Like, that is clearly an exit-only area. That's a one-way traffic. Like, you don't want to participate in that, do you? Like, he gave him a sales pitch to not be gay. Yeah. Then Ian, obviously, having just been, had a big secret exposed, uh, and the biggest part of this is that he is uh, romantic with his employer. Yeah, it does seem like kind of a romantic thing. No, they're pretty in love. Yeah. I mean, the buy some shoes. CDs, they, they care about what each other listens to. Yeah, it's not just a hookup thing. No, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Uh, the His his uh, manager, yeah. who I think is, this own, he's the son of the owner of this um, convenience drug store. store. Yeah, convenience yeah. store. He's married and uh, Muslim. Yes. So this is a big no-no. And oh, yeah. mom and dad are already, you know, worried that... You guys are going to hell for being sinners because he was eating pork rinds. And then we allegedly. find out. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Corn rinds. They're saying they're not really made out of pork. Um, I've, I don't like pork rinds, so I don't, I don't know what they're made out of. But They don't appear to be made out of food to me. Yeah. They appear to be made out of Funyun. So I guess they're onion-based. <laughs> oh, see? Now you're selling me on it because I like Funyuns. That's good shit. That's good shit. <laughs> anyway, so this there's a lot of complexity to this because he's he's Muslim and he's married with kids. Uh, and Ian is a teenager who's sleeping with an older guy mm-hmm. at work um, because they're not, you know, allowed to be gay otherwise. Yeah. Where they might have chosen a more appropriate relationship if it wasn't so taboo, right? So now they have a secret yeah. relationship. And uh, what is... Lip say he says, "Oh, you're you're a kept boy at mm-hmm. best because you're just taking you're taking the shoes that were a gift from your boyfriend." And he says, "I buy him CDs because I care about because I want him to like the same things I do." So he's making the point that no, I actually have a lot of feelings here, mm-hmm. and he's struggling to have this conversation. Lip doesn't take well to it, uh, but I would say comes around pretty quick. Yeah, uh, when they have this moment of, have I ever? Lip basically establishes that. He cares about Ian, and he's always looked out for Ian. And has he ever done him wrong? And Ian's response is clearly one to say, "No, you haven't." Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and then pretty easily accepts in that moment after some uncomfortableness before that. Uh, okay, I guess you're gay then. 
And I don't know if there's more to it in the following episodes, but. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been so long. I was a little shocked by, like I said, <laughs> the pilot. I do feel like it does a, you know, it, it does well represent the characters in it, though. Like, I don't feel like anyone really deviates from who they're presented as in here. They still have their development, and don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like they change any of the characters, which was kind of exciting yeah. uh, in this watch through. Uh, well, I guess that answers the question then, right? After reviewing who the characters are and how they factor into the plot, the way they're presented to us, uh, this is an easy pass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very easy pass. Yeah. Debbie doesn't have much to do yet. Carl didn't have much to do yet. But everybody's, and their kids, so they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but everybody's there. So we got our three main storylines that, that kind of, I think, are predictive of where we're going because we're going to uh, look at more of the same. I mean, I, I don't have... As I examine the plot for our purposes, I think it's pretty clear where we're going because none of these stories were resolved. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to carry on from here. Oh, the, I should say that the resolution for now, just for this episode of the Steve story, is that he's hanging out at the house now. He's, yeah. he's trying to be part of the family, and the family is welcoming him because he's kind of, you know, adding benefit. You yeah, even new, Frank. Yeah, you got to. Gets drunk with Frank, and therefore Frank's like, yeah, I like that guy. I like this guy. Uh, oh, which was a funny line in there when Frank's being really weird and steals his keys and he's saying, where did this washer come from? Where did the washer come from? Yeah. Uh, and he's being goofy, kind of offensive, kind of um, antagonistic. Yeah. Uh, and Steve's saying, what's his deal? And Emmy Rossum doesn't care at all. Uh, and she's like, "He's it's fine. He, she said he thinks he's on ecstasy, but his only dealer who gives him credit is a schizophrenic. <laughs> so he thinks he's high, but who knows what he's really experiencing. Yeah. No, that was really funny. <laughs> so clear pass with the characters. And then where we leave this to me, just, you know, it's going to be a continuation of these stories that have already begun. Uh, more of the same as kind of, I think we're learning that every day in the, their lives is sort of more of the same. We're always just scraping by. Yeah, definitely. So that's what I'm expecting of the plot uh, for the foreseeable future, the future of the show. And I think that was pretty clearly established because the characters were so so well established. Yeah, I agree. So I put the family has a rhythm that gets them um, in a little bit of trouble as it is. And Steve kind of has like a new criminal element that he's rolling into this with. So we'll get to see how that either makes things better or makes them worse for them. Uh, cool. This cool. is more so thorough than mine, but pass. yeah, nailed it. No, I mean, yours had a good feel to it. <laughs> pass and pass, which brings us to the hook. hook. Is there something by the end of this episode, being the pilot episode and all, that leaves you wanting to come back for more? Absolutely, for me. Um, I would say just seeing the train wreck that is the Gallagher family and really wanting something to look up for them, for something to go right, it made it a very binge-worthy show for me. Uh, actually, funny you say that, hope is the word I would say. Mm-hmm, yeah. Hope is the word <laughs> I would use. Uh, and my hope is for Fiona at this point. Absolutely. You want to see her make it out and on to better things. Mm-hmm. You want to see Steve be the guy who can actually rescue her from this. Uh, and, you know, it'll suck for the rest of the kids, but she's paid her time. Yeah. They will be adults soon enough, right? Mm-hmm. They will be, you know, maybe under Steve's umbrella a little bit of protection is, you know, within reason. Um, but that we could at least get her out of this and the family as a whole can start leveling up. 
Yeah, absolutely. Getting out of the ghetto. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to see. Fiona, for me, is the draw, though. Mm-hmm. The hook absolutely. is. I mean, I'm interested. I like Lip's character a lot. I like the actor a lot because he's mm-hmm. a snarky little shit, and I want to <laughs> yeah. see. I want to see what else he comes up with. Um, a lot of good shit. Yeah. Karen excites me for the obvious reasons, so I want to see more of Karen. Like, there's other people that Karen I want to... Karen excites yeah. you? <laughs> Science turns me on, too. What can I tell you? <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> uh, Joan, Karen's mom's better. Joan Cusack's <laughs> yeah. there. So it's like there's all these elements that are worth coming back for. Van from Reba. Love that guy. <laughs> but the the thing that hooks me, outside of, yes, there's pieces of it that I like a lot that I would return for, the thing that hooks me is Fiona. I'm really rooting for her because she's the one who seems like she's got a chance and she's the one that seems the most deserving. However, things have been kind of so bleak for such a long time. Yeah. Really have a hard time believing that she's going to accept uh, somebody's charities for the long haul to get out of poverty. Absolutely. Yeah. She's kind of a do-it-yourself kind of gal. Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely see her having a hard time with that. Uh, The rhythm. You mentioned the rhythm. Anyway, so I would say that there is a hook there. It's not... not it's not that moment. It's not a moment. It's it's an idea. Yeah. Um, but you talked about their rhythm, and I, I guess that, that word didn't uh, sync with me until just now. But when you said their rhythm in the morning of getting everybody out on time, mm-hmm. it's when she says, cell phone. Where's the cell phone at? And Lip throws yeah. her the cell phone. And, and there is that fluid rhythm of boom, 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 check, 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 as mm-hmm. we get out the door. She grabs the cell phone, puts it in her back pocket. How many minutes? 14. So they have family. Sh- this giant family shares one cell phone. With capped minutes. Yeah, pay by the minute. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. I have quite a long list of quotes. Oh, Is excellent. Anything else we need to review so far before we look at our quotes and wrap up? No, I think that really does it. So we have a successful pilot here. Yeah, I think so. I want to say just for the fun of it, before I ever before they made this show, yeah. late at night once when I was a teenager, uh, I saw the original Shameless, just a random episode of it. Yeah. Couldn't understand a thing anybody was saying. (laughs) (laughs) I realize now that I was looking at Frank, UK Frank, with Mm -hmm. UK Karen. Oh, weird. Who's being quite nasty toward Frank. Ew. Yeah. And he's quite... um, Taken with it. Yes. (laughs) And seeing this years later, I thought, man, this feels familiar. I like... At that, I remember at that age not really getting it, but I also couldn't understand anything anybody was saying. I was missing all the jokes. I was compelled by it because it was weird and mm-hmm. raunchy. And so <laughs> for like 10 years to go by and then to see this one uh, when it was, you know, in its first season, I was in California staying with family and my Uncle John was really excited about it at the time. So this is one that they were returning to weekly. Uh, and I watched a handful of episodes with him and lost track of it. So I've never really given it its due, which I would like to, but one of these days. Um and then thinking, man, this show feels so much like that other show, and looking it up and finding it was the same show. <laughs> it was personal trivia, I guess. That's hilarious. Quotes. That's great. What yeah. do you got? Um, so when Ian and Lip are hanging out in the bedroom, it's before Lip has confronted Ian on being gay. He goes, I got a Hummer today. <laughs> yeah. And Ian comes back with, what's the law on sex with pets? <laughs> I, really I have that right here. <laughs> I love um, that one. And the other one I had was when... Um, Oh, gosh. Frank was on his rant while he was drunk with Steve and Fiona. Probably not on ecstasy, but at least drunk. Um, And he's like, what's the one thing that we needed? Referring to, like, Monica, the mom's 
absence and Steve goes sterilization and he goes continuity. <laughs> I thought that was good because sterilization also would have been a great answer. That was funny. <laughs> well played by Steve. Sterilization Absolutely. continuity at the same time. And then the follow up was, he says it um, two more times. Frank does continuity. Con-tin. Finishes his cigarette. Ooity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's some of the ones I have uh, of mixed quality. Uh, when the boys are running out of Karen's house mm-hmm. and the dad is trying to kill him, uh, and he looks out the window and says, the further you run, the more I'll kill you. God, that's such a thing that like we grew up with. Like, I swear my parents probably said something along those Certain lines. Certain kind of dads, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, you violent <laughs> sociopath. <laughs> Uh, when the, when we first meet, uh, who we find out is Ian's boyfriend, uh, at the convenience store, was it his sister or was it his, his, uh, wife? Wife. Uh, I took it as a sister for some reason. I thought they shared parents, but she's like laying down the law with everybody. Like quit with the pork rinds, be basically be a better Muslim because our, our parents are, your parents are going to want to kill us. So I can stop hearing about this. And she says something about. Uh, the mom being out in the alley yelling. She said, I don't need the cops showing up again because mom's out in the alley yelling that the CIA is stealing her trash. And then Ian says, but that happened, didn't it? She says, once, four four years years ago. ago. (laughs) So when it would have been a relevant time for her to be bitching about that, like that was just so silly. (laughs) But Uh, now she's in her basement with like making tin hats or something ridiculous. Yeah, right, right. Reminded me of my dad. (laughs) <laughs> when drones first became a thing, there was one flying in the backyard. Did my he dad shoot went, it down? He got a pellet gun. <laughs> I always tell the story that he got a shotgun, which is a lie. For I bloviated it. Uh, but no, we actually got a pellet gun saying that's the NSA. The NSA spying because it just came out that the NSA was spying on us, which I think everybody always kind of knew. But it was like, yep, here it is. Here's the confirmation. Uh, and he, he goes out there and he's ready to, to go after it. And, uh, and we really hear the neighbors like laughing and playing around. Realize that's just a dr- somebody bought a drone, but yeah. we'd never seen one. Nobody had ever seen one at that point in mm-hmm. time. It was like the first one that anybody bought. I yeah. guess the the uh, hilarity of it was that, it, and admittedly, I didn't know anybody who had a drone. It's the first yeah. time I ever saw one, so this is brand new tech, um, and at a consumer level. But he was so steadfast, so committed that the <laughs> NSA was spying on him. So did he take a couple shots at it? No, I I walked him back. I was like, dude, 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 yeah, stop, 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 stop. That's the neighbors are out there playing with their new toy. Don't make a scene. Like, why do you always make a scene with these neighbors? When we first moved to Idaho, he climbed into their backyard just on like the first night or two we were here. Mm-hmm. It was like in the garage having a couple beers, like wrapping up, you know, stuff that we were still moving. Had a little bit of a buzz on. The dog was barking at him. Their dog was barking at him. So we just climbed the fence, hopped in their backyard, and just petting the dog. And the neighbors, who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, um, <laughs> are looking at back there like, uh, he- hello. This is how we met them. Oh, so good. for 10 years later, he's going to shoot their drone out of the sky. It's Ooh. like, ah, oh, go figure. He's a weird neighbor. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what else do I got? That's it. <laughs> Excellent. Yep, we had already reviewed the other quotes. So. Well, that's good. They that came up out. naturally. Naturalistically. That's the fullest quote card I've ever had. That's impressive. 
Yeah, I saw you going at like right. Like, this is like the least pull I've had it because every time I've gone to write one down, I'm like, ah, oh, he's got the blue card out and he's writing on it. Look, there's nothing on any of my <laughs> other cards. Either. I guess the character card was full, but that filled up quickly. Okay, what are we doing next? Oh, we haven't picked anything. What are you feeling? Uh, how about we were talking about Sex in the City earlier. We also talked about doing that ahead of the um, revival, but yeah, now that we know there's a revival, maybe we could do that one as its own. Sure. Yeah. Cool. I love that. I've never seen it. What? You've never seen it? Oh, my God. Well, you got, I was a kid. I was a young boy when that was out, and I guess it was revolutionary to hear women talk about sex at the time. Yeah, no. At the it, turn of the century. Women weren't really... It was taboo for women to talk about sex. You're kind of a hoe if you do. But it was the turn of the 21st century. Um, so I guess it just surprises me that it was that revolutionary of a show. I see why at eight years old it wasn't a show anybody was sharing with me yeah definitely not they uh i mean it you definitely didn't see nipples i mean (laughs) sorry you didn't see naked nipples it's the 90s you're close after the 90s so you see nipples through shirts all the time but (laughs) i remember my mom going to some like girl parties where Uh they where they just got together to watch the dvds of sex in the city so i remember like whenever it came up and i remember everybody was talking about i'm more of a carrie Mm mm-hmm uh, Miranda. Miranda. I'm more of a Miranda. I'm more of a Carrie. Nobody uh, wants to be a Samantha or Charlotte. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like I'd be a Samantha, but I don't know the show. Um. Oh, ooh, just this the one is I feel fun. Most connected um. To. So I think that you like the idea of being a Samantha, but I think you're a Charlotte. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. We'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Riker. And I'm Shri. And this is Pilots.